Welcome, everyone, to the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda, and joining me tonight is my amazing and wonderful wife, Allison. Hi, hi, hi. Back on the show. How are you doing, sweetheart? I'm fantastic. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Very well. Thanks. <laughs> I'm glad that we can uh, have this conversation and talk. This is going to be a very special episode of the Casting for Fun podcast. Uh, it's reminiscent or reminds me of uh, sitcoms of the, the 80s and 90s. you remember that? No, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. So uh, situation comedies or sitcoms of the 80s and 90s would uh, do humor on everyday occurrences that go on with suburban families. I mean, everyone knows the sitcoms. I don't know if you really need me to explain it, but <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, again, the humor would be very uh, silly and kind of like uh, lighthearted. But every now and then they would do a special episode where the subject material was uh, kind of on the darker side, uh, you know, dealing with a very sensitive, very uh, dramatic, traumatic experience that characters are going through. But there was always an important lesson to be learned, which was uh, made those episodes really special and unique. Uh, two that kind of stand out to me, I don't know if you remember, Allison, would be the episode of Saved by the Bell when uh, Jesse uh, gets hooked on caffeine pills. Mm, I do remember that. I mean, and, not that I'm not. That <laughs> and, and then also the episode of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when uh, Will's uh, father comes back into his life after he had abandoned him when he was a child mm-hmm. and then abandons him again at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are really real traumatic, really uh, sensitive issues that people had to deal with. And again, it was, I think, very uh, eloquently done in the sitcoms. And it just reminded me of our podcast now because for my show, I've been dealing with really lighthearted stuff, like the Super Bowl episode, the Book of Boba Fett. But tonight, uh, I'm grateful that I had this opportunity to chat with you so we can talk about something that's very, very Im- important and very uh, difficult and challenging to talk about, which would be our infertility problems that we've had. That's a great plug. Listen to our <laughs> podcast. It's depressing. <laughs> no, I think this is going to be a really special episode. A lot of people, several fan, uh, friends of ours, I think, have expressed interest or this is an episode I think people have been waiting for. So thank you for waiting patiently. I know the first episode I got some feedback where, you know, it was a tearjerker. People were, were touched and loved hearing our, our love story. Uh, well, get your tissue, tissue box ready because you're going to need it for this one. <laughs> oh, shoot. I didn't get mine. Okay, carry on. <laughs> but, but at Allison's behest, we're actually going to break this into three different episodes because there's so much to cover. So it's going to be three special episodes of the Casting for Fun podcast. Episode one is going to deal with uh, our infertility problems. But of course, it also uh, covers the miracle of the birth of our daughter, Avery. Episode two or part two of the trilogy will include, uh, we'll talk about fostering and why we decided to foster and the children that we'll be able to welcome into our home. And part three of the trilogy, we'll talk about our adoption of uh, little Liam. So yes, it it is a really uh, sensitive and kind of depressing and a very hard topic to discuss all of these together. But the good news is it does have a happy ending. That's right. The best. (laughs) Okay. Is there anything you wanted to mention or bring up before we get started? That I love you. Oh, thank you. I love you too. (laughs) Okay. We're cheesy, but it's true. (laughs) Okay. So I'll go ahead and get us started. I have some notes here that I wanted to bring up just so I, I don't get my facts wrong because, I mean, we, we remember the story very well because it's very near and dear and important to our hearts and it's a very sensitive thing for us to talk about. But Allison will also attest that we've been very uh, transparent with uh, the struggles that we've gone through. So a lot of people who follow our Facebook and Instagram page, uh, Dear Future Baby, may be aware of a lot of what we're going to be talking about. 
but I, I wanted to share this on the podcast. So it's actually recorded and available for consumption. Anybody who wants to, uh, to listen to it and hear our story again. Sounds good. Okay. So shortly after we got married, which was November of 2014. And again, this is an open conversation, sweetheart. So feel free to jump in and correct me if I need to. Oh, fix you know anything. I will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in November of 2014, we got married. Then in the following year, 2015, is when we decided we wanted to have kids. But we found that we weren't able to conceive on our own. Um, we, we tried and we saw several specialists that required us to travel uh, quite a bit of distance. We had to go to Torrance to go see a specialist. We had to go to Palmdale to see a specialist and nothing was quite working out. Uh, so what we did, or at the behest of two of our good friends, uh, Kevin and Brooke Weir, who I, they also had similar issues and struggles with infertility. I believe Brooke had mentioned to you about the USC fertility clinic. Was that right? Yeah. And actually, I think it was like a year of going to specialists and doctors trying to figure out what was wrong. So we put a lot of time and energy into trying to figure it out before we even ended up at the fertility clinic. Yeah. Basically all of 2015, we, yeah. we were going through all this, like Alice had mentioned, and it was finally in beginning of 2016 when we started. Yeah. That was hard though. A whole year of trying to figure things out and just being told there was no answer. So yeah, so Brooke told me about this um, clinic that they went to USC Fertility and that they had a lot of success with Dr. Chung, who was her um, endocrinology specialist, and she suggested we go there. So we, we had tried a couple other clinics and found that they probably couldn't help us. They weren't um, sufficiently prepared for our scenario. And so we went to USC Fertility and started off there. Mm-hmm. And another important thing to remember is that this the facility uh, for the USC Fertility Clinic was located all the way in downtown LA. So just to even get out there, and we had to get out there super early in the morning before we'd even go to work that day. So that, that in and out of itself was a, a struggle for us to do. Yeah, part of the adventure, the challenge was figuring out how to make it to LA and back before we had to both be at work and then fighting traffic and but now I look back on that and that was kind of bonding for us. We spent a lot of time in the car talking about things and, and figuring things out. So that was good. Mm-hmm. So uh, oh, also one thing I wanted to just mention as well, uh, Dr. Chung and her staff, they were absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Great, tremendous people. They were so loving and caring. They couldn't ask for uh, a better team and helping us with this endeavor that we went through. Yeah, it was really special to build the relationships that we did with her and her staff over the years that we went through all this. hmm so, uh, so we're there. We're we're going through the meeting process. They explain to us what it's going to entail, everything that we're going to have to do, and then we go to the billing department. And this is the part where it gets pretty sad. So they show us the bill, and uh, it was going to be several thousand dollars up front, like times ten, times ten, so or almost 20. like twenty, twenty grand, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. more, like thirty grand. I think it was like thirty grand a pop. So something, yeah, it was really ridiculously high number, but it was understandable for the the uh, extensive treatments that we were going to have to go through, Allison especially. And unfortunately, there were no payment options. It was basically a fat, flat fee that had to be paid in order to go through with this procedure, which didn't even have that high of a success rate. I mean, we just had we had no other options. That was that either try this or go through a marriage with no children. Mm-hmm. So, so we didn't have the money and we're, we're driving home from, from downtown LA, driving on the 10 heading east. And we, we just both get really emotional and it's really hard for us and we had to just stop. So I can distinctly remember exiting off the Baldwin exit because it was right in my neighborhood of Temple City where I grew up and know very, very well. 
So we pulled off, got off the freeway, pulled into the parking lot of a gas station right off of Baldwin. And we, we both just sobbed uncontrollably, holding each other, just, this, this isn't fair. Why, why, why can't we come up with the money? Why can't we have kids on our own? Um, but, but we pulled through. Um, as, as Allison mentioned, I mean, again, like these difficult, hard times, I mean, we drew closer together as husband and wife because we had to rely on each other for strength. And it was, uh, you know, a challenge that neither of us had ever faced. And it's a challenge that I would never wish on anyone. But it's, it's unfortunate. It's the reality we live in that. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's getting tearful for those of you who can't see his face, which is super sweet. I love it when he cries. Oh, that's funny. Okay. <laughs> so, so we, we, we sit together and we pray and uh, we have this calming peace, I guess, come to us that we, we don't have the direct answers, but we, we just get that feeling that somehow we're going to get the money and that somehow we're going to be able to, to try. And that, that's all we can do at that point. Right. Uh, I remember just like, just sobbing, just both of us just crying and crying and crying. But then what happened next? Tell them what happened after that. We got the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I guess a little anticlimactic, but yeah. We, so, so Allison was able to secure a loan uh, and we were able to come up with the money on our own, which was just a, a huge miracle in and out of itself. Yeah, it was looking back, it was just like hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. But the financial one was a big challenge because it's so much money in such a short period of time that you have to come up with. And there's no like, Oh, take out a credit card and that'll do enough. But like, even that wasn't sufficient. So it was, it was a big challenge financially. Mm -hmm. So, so we got the money and we're able to begin the procedures uh, and the procedures to, to go forward with this are very intrusive. Uh, so again, I, I don't know if Allison wants to get too much into it, but it was pretty painful for you to have to do it. And you had to go through a few weeks of it, the specific injections to make sure that you were uh, as fertile as possible, right? You're the medical person. You should be. <laughs> fertile, fertile is a good word for it. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think going into it, I was really unprepared for what it meant physically as well. Um, just like timed injections every single day and multiple injections. And one of them in particular was really painful. The medicine just burned as it went in and it has to be given the exact time. And so I remember like going to dinner and we'd have to take the shots with us and have to like run out to the car and give myself the shot. So I didn't miss the exact time. And, and I had like bruises all over my stomach from so many shots. And I remember just being like overwhelmed with the physical requirements. And that's just the preparation, like not even getting into the procedure itself. And then you have like ultrasounds after ultrasounds after ultrasound. And everybody is like just shoving something in inside you every single time. And every, like literally every week you're like, okay, let me just have somebody else look and see what's going on in there. And it was just really, really invasive and, um, and painful. And then the procedure itself too. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Yeah. So, so Allison definitely had the worst of it, but then uh, when we were finally ready to go forward, we had to go with uh, my part of the procedure. Uh, and again, as, as we mentioned, we're very uh, open and we're very transparent. So we go ahead and talk about things like this. So for the, 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 the gentleman listening to the podcast, maybe you might want to cover your ears for this part. But... <laughs> or maybe someone might want to hear it. Okay. You know? Maybe it could be helpful and inspiring. Yeah. Go through it. Okay. So, so I had to see a specific doctor just for me. Uh, Dr. Machoso, very wonderful woman, very great, very professional. Uh, what basically, so again, I, I'm not the medical expert, so I can just explain it in the best words that I can. And Allison can correct me if I need to make adjustments, but basically they have to, uh, 
extract sperm from me. And, uh, and you know, that means they have to go down below with, with the needle, <laughs> but they, they had to, you know, the, uh, the anesthetic to, to numb me to make sure that it's safe to, to, to do so. But it still can be really intrusive and the, the thought of just happening. It's pretty, uh, <laughs> it can be terrifying, but uh, I wanted to be brave. I, I wanted to do what I what I had to do. In fact, I mean, I don't want to boast of myself, but I remember Dr. Mochoso just being super impressed with me because I just told her, do what you have to do. Just just go at it and get what you need to get. And, okay, I hope it doesn't get too much for me to say it, but she was also really, really pretty. So here I'm thinking this girl's off in a room with my husband who's just gorgeous doing what? <laughs> It was just, you know, you got to laugh at it. It's just a crazy scenario. It is. Yeah. So, so she got what she needed from me and obviously Allison was taken care of. So we, uh, we did our, we got the embryos that we needed and we got good quality. Was that right initially? Yeah, I think, um, they were hopeful in the beginning. They got a lot of eggs from me and then, um, enough fertilized. They were pretty hopeful in the beginning. So that was encouraging at that, at that point. Uh -huh. But unfortunately, the, the first uh, attempt to, to uh, uh, inject, right, yeah. in, inject the, the, the egg and I'm sorry, the, the fertilized embryo into Allison did not take. And we felt really discouraged and heartbroken, but we still had two embryos that were still good, right? Yeah. And I think I would just add here, I mean, I don't know if anybody whoever is going through infertility will listen to this, but I just want to add that. Like, I think we were pretty naive about that too. Like, I think we thought the first attempt is just going to take that's, you know, you pay all this money, you go through all this medical stuff and you think it's just going to work. And we were blindsided when it didn't. Mm -hmm. And now having gone through the years of infertility and educating ourselves better, I've learned that that's the norm. Like the first take probably isn't going to happen. And you usually have to do two to three um, IVS cycles to have it work. And we, I wish I'd prepared myself a little bit better for that. Um, that letdown of the first one isn't the miracle one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so then we go in for the next attempt with uh, the two remaining embryos that we have. And I remember just having friends and family praying for us, you know, cheering us on, you know, you know, helping, hoping the best for us. So I, we really felt the love and support from everyone we knew who knew what we were going through and what we were about to do. And, uh, and, uh, this is the part of the story that I love. This is the, the greatest part ever. So, uh, but again, for, forgive me if I'm missing a part. You're good. You're <laughs> okay. Good. Okay. So, uh, so I, I'm at work in Ontario, uh, when I used to work at space bank mini storage there, and I, I used to work by myself, I, I sit in the office by myself and, uh, on a random afternoon, uh, uh, a black Honda civic pulls up and I recognize it. It's Allison's car. And I knew immediately because she drove all the way here that it absolutely had to be good news. Because we knew it was going to happen that day. We, yeah, we knew, we, we knew. We knew. So uh, in my mind, I was thinking, okay, if it's bad news, Allison would have called and she would have been crying and then we would have had to uh, console each other together. But she drove all the way to Ontario. So I, I knew <laughs> it was. smile <laughs> on your face right now. So cute. <laughs> so again, I, I always, I mentioned, I mentioned this before when, when the Ontario facility sold and I was no longer going to be working there. Uh, just the fond memories I have of being employed and running that, being the manager at that location. Uh, my fondest memory is sitting in that office and receiving the news firsthand from Allison that I was going to be a father for the first time. Yeah, but tell them how I told you the first time. Oh, okay. So uh, Allison, you know, knows that I'm a big Star Wars fan. So uh, she comes in with a custom t-shirt and also with the balloon. And uh, the t-shirt says, uh, 
I'm going to be a father in Star Wars print, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really cute. It was really like Allison going above and beyond to do something that would appeal to me and make me happy. Uh, so and I remember we both just cried and cried and cried again. Just just happiness, just yeah. knowing that it, it worked and that yeah. I was going to be a father. And, uh, and again, that's something I think any parent can probably tell you. They could probably tell you where you where they were exactly when they found out they were going to be a parent for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was something really special to be able to have that moment, especially after all the heartache we'd been through. I think we appreciated it even more. Mm-hmm. So, so shortly after that, our our wonderful friends Jeff and Emily Holtzclaw host us for a gender reveal party, and that's when we found out that the the child we were blessed with was going to be a girl. Yay! <laughs> Uh, and, and again, so, so as we're preparing, getting everything ready, Allison, you know, comes with me the idea of, Hey, how do you like a names? <laughs> okay. Wait, you're not telling oh. the full story. Okay. I'm sorry. That. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. So, I mean, I'm an A and he's an A. Mm-hmm. And so of course we have to have an A <laughs> and somebody thought that was cheesy initially, <laughs> but guess who won? Of course. The, the wife always <laughs> <laughs> We have to be the three A's. That's how it goes. We did, and I told Allison, so I mean, it wasn't likely, but any uh, future kids that we would have, we would have to stick with it. We're, we're limiting ourselves if we only want to do A names and asked Allison if she was okay with that. And she said, absolutely. Of course she was okay with that. It was her idea. <laughs> yeah, of course she was. <laughs> <laughs> so she sold me on the idea. And so we went through extensively with A names. And I don't remember how long it took or how we even came up with Avery, but Avery just sounded perfect and beautiful, right? Yeah, well, I wanted something that was unique, but not weird sounding. Uh-huh. And I like that Avery is a boy girl name. Some boys have it, some girls have it. So that yeah. made it kind of unique. Uh-huh. Um, and that was my plug for it. And I think it was one that you were good with. And we just kind of like shortened our list of what we were good with until we got to what we both agreed on. Yeah, yeah. And and not not that she's been Avery for the last five years. I mean, I can't obviously imagine calling her anything else that because I mean, in my mind, I look, think of it as the most beautiful name that yeah. there is because yeah. it's our daughter's name. Yeah. <laughs> Very special. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we come delivery time. Uh, Allison's family makes the trip from Hawaii and we get to deliver. And, and I mean, there's probably more we can tell with the Avery story. Do you, you want to go more into the, the Avery birth story itself? I mean, I only want to just make a shout out to my okay. awesome friends at Methodist that took good care of me. Um, I feel like we had the red carpet rolled out to us and we were just given the royal treatment. And, you know, my parents flew in. Um, my sisters Carrie and Katie were there so it wasn't like a small little undertaking like we had a lot of people there and and everybody took such fantastic care of us and made it sweet such a sweet experience so I'm really grateful to them absolutely yeah so uh, Avery was born on uh, oh no we oh, gotta go back you're oh, just giving the whole uh, birth start okay, it started so okay. I, I apologize I thought you, you, I thought you wanted to okay 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 please, wait, continue. please let continue. me tell you the birth story because I mean it's probably boring to everybody else but I think it's the best <laughs> okay well we, we definitely should document it so yes please please okay was... okay yeah for documentation purposes only not because I want to brag about how wonderful <laughs> it was um so we went in in the morning to be induced right and my whole family was there, like I said, and then it took forever. Like I had to have medications that went really, really slow. And I got my epidural like at what, three o'clock in the morning that night. And mm-hmm. Albert was just saying the other day how hard I squeezed his hand when the contractions were there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, like, I think I went like once I hit like three or four centimeters, all of a sudden it went really fast. Mm-hmm. And then I pushed for like 20 minutes is all right. Yeah. And then Avery was born uh, the exact time I should know off the top of my head. I won't say about 12, 
12.40 p.m. 12.36. thank you. Yeah, 12.36. On January 6, 2017. Yeah, and the first thing that happened when she came out, because I'd been worried the whole time that we would have an ugly baby, because, you know, people always say it's a cute baby when it can sometimes be ugly. And so I was so worried we're going to get this ugly baby that everyone's going to fake is, uh, is pretty for us. And so when she came out, I was like, oh, she's so pretty. <laughs> That's the first thing I said, because I was so happy she was a pretty baby. Mm-hmm. And we were both sobbing again. Sobbing again. Just the, the miracle that we, again, going back to 2015, there was a probably might have been a time where we thought we were never going to have kids. And then sure enough, look, we here we are in 2017. And we have this wonderful, beautiful, healthy baby girl. Yeah. Albert was a champ. He was there the whole time by my side doing awesome job. My family was awesome. And then it was just really sweet to have that first little bit with Avery. She lifted her head up like almost immediately. And I remember my mom saying, oh, she's going to be smart. Look at her looking around. She's observant already. And she was right. That was prophetic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, um, and then, then one last thing I wanted to mention about that. So, uh, on the Saturday, Avery was born on a Friday. So the Saturday, the next day we go home and uh, we're able to bring Avery home in my old white Oldsmobile Alero 2002, but the car no longer exists. It's it broken down. It's been scrapped, but, but that car was significant to me because that was also the car I took Allison on on our first date. That's right. So, and, and your, your parents took your, your civic home from the yes. hospital. So we drove Avery home in that car. So it's yeah. not, not like that, that big of a deal, but to me, it was kind of special to that particular car, which was the car of Allison and mine's first date is where we got to bring Avery home. In. Yeah, that's sweet. So, um, so from there, we, we have wonderful years with Avery, two years. Uh, she's a handful, but she's wonderful and great and we <laughs> love her. Uh, but at that time when, you know, we decided that we wanted to move forward and give a, an ally for Avery, as it were, we, we created a, um, that uh, online campaign to start it, you know, that we wanted to try and do this for Avery. But at the same time, we knew that we were going to have to go through IDF again, because we were having the problems that we do, that we have. Uh, so, but again, this time money wasn't going to come as easily as it wasn't easy the first time, but we weren't going to be able to get the loan. We were already kind of uh, uh, dealing with bad debt. Uh, or a lot of debt that we needed to take care of first. So because of the IVF. IVF, yeah. 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 So so we were back a little bit. So um, we were concerned and worried about what we were going to do. But I believe Allison had been talking to a lot of her friends who had given her the suggestion of actually starting a GoFundMe page, which, again, initially we weren't really on board of because, again, you know, with so many problems that people have to deal with, you know, serious medical issues and like, the hardships people have to go for, uh, for us to say like, oh, we really want another baby. Can you give us money? It didn't seem right. Yeah, yeah. that was hard. It took us about a year to come to terms with that. Yeah. Um, because we didn't want to seem, you know, ungrateful and, and not acknowledge the bigger GoFundMe needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was finally the spirit that just convinced us. We were finally like just one day, like you need to move forward with this and start this GoFundMe. And so we did. And you know, again, I think one of the themes of today's episode is the support from family and friends that we got. We were just overwhelmed with the number of friends and family who contributed and then the number dollar amount of how much they contributed. We got thousands and thousands of dollars. 
from friends and family from our GoFundMe, which was just really tender. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Uh, there's one other part. Uh, I'm going to come back to this uh, in a little bit, talking about the, the kindness and generosity of family and friends that Allison just mentioned. But the, the good news was is that we secured the funds. Uh, we got out every penny that we needed, we got, so we can actually try again. Mm -hmm. So we, we go through the procedure again. We go, we, we go to the the fertility specialist in at, at uh, for downtown LA for the USC. We see Dr. Chung again. We see Dr. Matroso again, and we begin the whole process all over. Uh, and again, it's still as intrusive as it was before, as painful as it was before for Allison. Everything's just exactly the same. And uh, we go, we have the embryo implanted into Allison, and uh, it, it works. Uh, Allison's uh, successfully declared pregnant, and. We were overjoyed. It was just a wonderful, great experience for us that, yes, I know the, statistically the odds weren't on, in our favor, but it, it worked. And we were so ecstatic that we, we created a Christmas card. We, we still have it hanging on the fridge today. I don't think we ever actually mailed it out because of what happened. But uh, the Christmas card said the, the best gifts don't always come from a store. Um, Merry Christmas from the family from our soon-to-be family, family of four, four which, mm -hmm. which again would have been myself, Allison, Avery, and Avery's ally, which was mm -hmm. supposed to be born, the, the ally was supposed to be born in uh, July of 2019. Mm -hmm. But what, what happened was, so we go to the facility, the, back to the facility to, for Allison for a checkup, for an ultrasound checkup, and I can remember I was there with her. Uh, I believe I want to say uh, our sister now, Daniela, was watching Avery so, so that we can go together. And I'm grateful. I mean, usually uh, a lot of those appointments, Allison would go to by herself. So I'm grateful that I was there for her that, that one time that we went together. So uh, when the ultrasound was done, um, again, I'm no medical expert, but when as soon as you can see the, the ultrasound on the screen, uh, again, I, I couldn't tell you specifically what to look for and everything like that. When you have a healthy baby, everything's going well. But as soon as the ultrasound came on the screen, I knew something was wrong. And our 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 hearts just sank because I think uh, Dr. Chung knew what was wrong, and I think maybe she was struggling to have to tell us mm -hmm. that uh, that Allison had suffered a miscarriage and that there was no heart and there was no baby and we no heartbeat. No heartbeat. Yeah. So so she gave us a moment because again it's unfortunate I know because of the how the rare the success rate is I mean I'm sure that. Uh, Dr. Chung and her staff have to deal with it often and have to break these bad news to, to people when they thought they were pregnant, but they weren't. But again, we had another moment like uh, uh, the gas station on Baldwin, where we just held each other and cried and sobbed right there and right there in the, the office or right, right there in the, the room. Yeah, that was hard. Okay, where's my tissues? <laughs> that was really hard. It was hard to get that news. It was hard, especially after as much as we invested emotionally, physically, financially into it, and then got that great news and then not had it. Uh -huh. And then, you know, it makes you worry about the future. That was really hard. And then going through the miscarriage was one of the worst experiences of my life. Um, they gave us, they gave me some medication to take it home and told me to take it. And then a few hours later, I'd start bleeding. And sure enough, I took it. And then a few hours later, like in the middle of the night, I started cramping and bleeding and um, it was super, super painful and there was blood everywhere. Sorry to be TMI, but there was. And, and I just remember like literally passing my baby into the toilet and just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And just that, that knowledge that that baby was no longer mine inside. It was, 
really hard. It, it was devastating for us to have to deal with. And again, we, we still have that Christmas card. Uh, we only have the one. Uh, we, we never mailed it out. Um, it, was, it was too painful for us to, to, to have to share. But I think to, we keep it up on the fridge with every Christmas card that we've done since, you know, as a, as a reminder to us. Yeah. Just uh, that, that we are blessed, that we, that we have the healthy family that we do, and that we have been blessed in other ways. Uh, but, but going back to the, the friends and family and their kindness and generosity to even try, uh, I, I mentioned this before on, on Facebook and in Instagram when it happened, but uh, when the miscarriage happened, uh, we had had so much of an outpouring of love and compassion and kindness and generosity with the, the generous donations that we had received. Uh, I was reminded of the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, when at the very end of the movie, when uh, George Bailey's in trouble, he's going to go to jail because of... Uh, thoughts that he had embezzled the money from the, the town but then everybody stepped up and said hey George Bailey's in trouble we're on the spot right there to help uh and then his his guardian angel gives him the note saying hey remember uh no man is a failure who has friends so it uh reminded me of that just to uh remember my my gratitude for family and friends everywhere because they they stepped up for us when we needed it and it, it was uh very touching for for us as a couple and it's something that i will never forget how, how much uh we're, we're loved by our family and friends oh man we're gonna have to hold each other and cry after this again <laughs> yeah i think there were two families in particular that have asked to remain non-anonymous yeah that gave us extremely large uh financial donations and those two families will forever be family to us and mm. will forever be special in our story because they were the ones that pushed it over the edge mm-hmm. but we couldn't have done it without those who supported us and so we thank our family and friends over and over again for that absolutely absolutely so um the, the another point that i just wanted to make too so yes there were that we had the success with avery which we are so grateful for and we've had the failures that we did the, the heartache and uh uh and the second miscarriage, you, met, yeah. you didn't talk about that. Oh, that's right. There was two miscarriages. Yeah. yeah. How can you yeah. forget that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that one didn't take. And we had that miscarriage. And then we tried another attempt in IVF. And same scenario. That one took initially. And then a few days later, we found out that it didn't. Mm-hmm. And so I just remember those few days, like sitting there going, just feeling like that same dread of, oh my gosh, I want this baby so badly. Please stay pregnant versus knowing that it's quite possible to lose this baby. And those few days were just horrific, mm-hmm. just horrific. And we ended up going in that that time for a DNC. So they would just um, remove everything from me. So I wouldn't have to deal with that toilet passing horror, mm-hmm. horrific scenario. Uh-huh. But even that was hard. You go to sleep one minute, the next minute you're no longer pregnant. And it, that's traumatic too. So mm-hmm. two miscarriages, although I would never wish them on my worst enemy. I am grateful for the compassion it's given me for those who have gone through miscarriage, which is such high numbers of women that do. Absolutely. Yeah. My heart goes out to anybody who's dealt with that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So again, with, even with the successes and the failures that we've had, I mean, I, I, with, I think I can speak for both Allison and I, that we are, are grateful that we tried. We're, we're grateful for the experience. It, it brought us closer together as a family. I mean, there's that old saying that whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, which may not always be true in every case, but I think in this case, it kind of did. Are we stronger? I think we are. Okay, good. I think we are. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, so yes, uh, unfortunately, it, it didn't end the way we wanted to for this particular instance. But this actually brings us to the, the next part, the part two of this trilogy of special episodes of the podcast where we're going to be talking about fostering mm-hmm. and why, why that came into our, our minds and why we should try that uh, in order to grow our family. So um, we, we decided that we weren't going to try IVF anymore. I mean, I wanted to respect Allison's uh, wishes to not have to go through that painful experience anymore. And obviously we weren't going to be able to come up with that kind of money again. So, and our, I'm sorry to interrupt you, yeah, our yeah. odds weren't good either. They yeah. told us we had like a 3% chance of actually carrying a viable pregnancy to term, mm-hmm. even with IVF. So that was yeah. really slim odds. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think we were content and happy with the wonderful daughter, Avery, that we had. So we weren't going to be trying IVF anymore, but that brings us to the next part, which is going to be talking about fostering. Uh, is there anything else that we want to bring up with our infertility story, sweetheart? I think um, the one piece of advice I would give anybody who's going through that um, is to surround yourself with a good village. Like we said, our family and friends were fantastic. Um, I've made a lot of friends who were going through infertility that supported me in particular. And I think unless you're going through that, it's like anything until you walk in someone's shoes, you don't really understand it. And so to have people who truly understand what you're going through is key. I think the other thing that you pointed out is when you're going through a trial as a married couple that you can either grow apart or grow together. And I think it really took effort, but it was something that was really good for our marriage to grow together through that scenario. And I'm grateful that we were able to do that. Absolutely. So props to you. If I'm plugging anybody, (laughs) it's my husband. (laughs) Well, props to Allison as well, because we're a team and we we can't do this without each other. And we we constantly tell us, uh, tell each other that every single day that I can't do this without you. So I'm grateful that you're my wife. I'm grateful that I'm your husband. And I'm grateful that we have Avery. And I'm grateful that we get to share the next part of the story, which is fostering, which I'm really looking forward to and excited to to share with you guys the next time we get together for uh, part two of the the trilogy of the special episodes of the Casting for Fun podcast. I'm in a trilogy. Okay, so if there's nothing else, we'll go ahead and wrap up for tonight. But we'll, uh, for our listeners, who I, I, I'm sure we have so many who really love this this topic. We're gonna we're gonna keep going. We're gonna do more, and we'll come back in a couple of days with uh, part two. Okay, thanks again for listening to the podcast. Love you guys. Bye.